Welcome. This is DeForest Sores Jr. My friends call me Buster. My enemies do too. This is the D-Free Podcast. We call it In the Black because we want everybody, especially, especially black people, to be in the black. That means you own more than you owe. You make more than you spend. Your assets are greater than your liabilities. Be in the black. This podcast is sponsored by Prudential, and it is owned by the D-Free Movement. My co-host is Tamika Stembridge, attorney, hip-hop retiree, and all things genius. Welcome to me. Thank you, guys, and welcome to D-Free in the Black. This episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. When I was a teenager during the 1960s, there was a term that was commonly used among a variety of organizations, and that term was unity without uniformity. The idea was that we could be unified even though we disagreed on various strategies and philosophies. Now, fast forward to today, and what I believe we can all agree on, despite our differences, is that black people are better off with less debt than more debt. I I don't think there's any religious conflict. I don't think there's any political conflict. I don't think there's any philosophical conflict with that assumption. And if we agree that our people would be better off with less debt, meaning Less debt gives us the ability to invest money. No debt gives us the ability to buy insurance, to leave a legacy. Less debt takes stress off of our minds, bodies, and souls to ensure that we can have lower blood pressure and less disease. Less debt gives us the ability to invest in real estate. In other words, If we're going to reach financial freedom, if we're going to achieve the kind of outcomes that we love to talk about and pray about and clap about, if we're going to buy our own neighborhoods, if we're going to leave some resources that when we die can be used by our families, if we're going to support African-American institutions, if we're going to become philanthropists, it means that we have to earn more than we spend save more than we throw away. Our assets will have to be greater than our liabilities. And my own personal experience is the way you get there is you stop using credit cards. You stop paying high interest. You stop paying last month's bills with next week's check. You stop living paycheck to paycheck. I've also been the beneficiary of having my income increase over the years. But if income increases before you control what you have, then higher income simply means higher expenses, higher debt, and your financial status does not change. As a result of this perspective, I have invited every national black organization to join the Billion Dollar Challenge. The Delta Sigma Theta sorority has accepted this challenge, and it's simply this. By the end of 2020, We are attempting at the D-Free Financial Freedom Movement to help 100,000 African Americans pay off $10,000 in consumer debt. If 100,000 African Americans can do like the Delta Sigma Theta chapter in Las Vegas, Nevada, that has paid off in one year $400,000 in debt, we can shift the money that we were paying to Visa and MasterCard and Macy's and GMAC 
into insurance products, real estate, savings for emergencies. That's the billion-dollar challenge. I have been an activist all of my life, and I have concluded that there is no greater cause than that cause that invites our people to take control of what we have because if you don't use what you have, then you don't deserve what's coming. The Billion Dollar Challenge is at the website BillionDollarPayDown.com. It's simple, it's easy to use, and it's absolutely free and confidential. And so my challenge to you is to accept the Billion Dollar Challenge. Pay down your debt, increase your savings, and launch your journey into financial freedom. This episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. Hello and welcome to In the Black, the podcast uh, for D-Free. I'm Tamika Stembridge, your host, the executive director of the D-Free Global Foundation. I am always honored to have our co-host, our CEO and founder, Dr. DeForest B. Stories Jr. on the line. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm honored and I'm inspired. First of all, I'm inspired because we got a new telephone line that's acting normal. <laughs> Uh, but more importantly, I am I'm inspired because, as I tell all of my old friends, you have to hang around with younger people. And I'm thrilled because, A, you are a young person that has taken the man of the leadership on a brand and a dream and a vision that I started, but you're taking it to, to new levels. And B, I'm excited because of this Miss Colleen Roy, our... Uh, our charismatic, influential guest who I met in Indianapolis and everybody had told me about her, told me about her, told me about her. And I thought it was all hype. And then when I met her, she exceeded all of my expectations. So welcome, Miss Roy, to the In the Black podcast. Oh, my God. That, yeah. Yeah, Can you, like, go on a row with me and give me that introduction? Like, wherever I go, just be my hype man. Like, that's what I need. I'd be happy it's to. It's an honor to be here. Oh yeah, you 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 have um, you have really motivated me, and you've inspired me because, uh, you know, I came along when everybody was in some aspect of the movement, you know, the the black movement, and we were uh, going down different lanes, but we were all headed towards freedom land. And I've become so distressed today at what I see happening that I want you to talk more about. But the reason I love you so much is because you're one of those rare personalities who has figured out a way to take uh, charisma and to take uh, information and to take talent and to do good with it even while you do well. That's why I love Tamika. Tamika's a lawyer. She's got an MBA. Tamika could make four times as much money working two days a week at a big law firm. And she's dedicated to this mission of the D Free Global Foundation, and I just, you know, to the extent that I can, I can be of value to you, young people. I want to do so, and to the extent that I can challenge you to think about some things you might not have thought about, I want to do that also. Well, I want to jump in and say you definitely are adding value. Um, we have the Your D Free for Young Adults, the supplement guide, um, as part of my event, owning the blog, and. The moment that the guests got their hands on their book, they were just so overcome because wow. it was just the most basic 
information that we never knew. Like, I opened this book, and I'm like, this is like learning about finances 101 and why don't we have this information available to us, available to young people. And whoever wrote it out and laid it out, it was in such a simple way and easy to absorb. So you absolutely are adding value, and it was such a treat to give it out to everybody. So hopefully everyone got their money up. For the next time I see them, I'm going to check in and let you guys know, but you definitely are adding value in Thank you guys for even putting that book together. Well, Tamika, first of all, thank you for completing the work um, to make to make that happen. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody say that. And um, no, I love this book. Wow, wow. I was going to say that makes me feel good. Um, it's a labor of love that we've been working on for a few years now. We have about eleven different books like that, if you could imagine, um, for different audiences. And the young adult one was really important for us because you're right, nobody ever taught us. Like if you're a first generation college student, even second or third, you know, your parents encourage you to go to college, get a job and go out and take over the world and never really taught you how to balance a checkbook or save for retirement or pay student loans. And so it was important for us to get get that content down. Um, yeah. One of the things that I really, um, I'm, you know, I'm fangirling a little bit only because um you know, most people will, you know, if they follow you on Instagram or they follow the vanity group, your business, you know, they see the glitz and the glam of what you actually produce. But now um, you guys have really gotten into a way of showing the grind behind the glitz and the glam of what you guys produce and really what it means to be an entrepreneur in the entertainment space, um, an entrepreneur of excellence in the entertainment space. And so I first want to applaud you. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started, and then I want to talk about where you are literally like today. COVID-19 is where we're sitting and what that looks like from an entrepreneurial perspective. I had an opportunity to work at Sony Music. I worked for um, Grammy artist Neo. I worked at Violator Management, and then uh, I got my dream job of working at Bad Boy as the Senior Executive Assistant to Sean Diddy Combs and that is when my world changed because I was just exposed to so much exposed to life, exposed to travel exposed to excellence, exposed to business I mean he is notoriously known as one of the hardest working men in show business and he's a media giant so to be his right hand and to be able to sponge all of this you know five days a week or seven days a week because I never had a, I never had a day off but uh, to just to be able to absorb and work next to someone as iconic as him, I wouldn't trade it for the world, even though it's like kiss your family goodbye, you're going to the Marines. But the, the, what I learned and what I picked up along the way was uh, it's priceless. Um, but in my job, I pretty much was the nucleus to his world and the heartbeat as far as getting anything done in the world of Sean Combs. And one area that I really excelled at and I naturally did very well was the events. We did tons of events working for Mr. Combs where there was corporate events, where there was the twins' birthday party, where there was Mother's Day for Kim's party, like whatever it was. I really enjoyed it and I really excelled at it. So when it was time for me to resign, because I thought I had reached the ceiling, um, and I told him, I said, I'm going to resign. I'm going to start my own business. And at that time, I had no idea what it was. But I always thought, you don't work to some, you don't work with someone like a Sean Combs or 
any iconic figure and then go do a regular schmegular nine to five. Like mm-hmm. I just thought it was whack and not the best. It just wasn't a smart move. They, as the rappers say, your next move got to be your best move. Best so, move. Yep. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I thought about it. So um, over maybe like two three years, I was freelancing, um, doing events for people. It could be. Um, celebrities, my phone just started ringing and celebrities like, hey, I hear that you're the go-to girl. I need an event done. I would be like, okay, when? They'll say tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Or, hey, I hear you're the go-to girl. I want to do a party. Where? In Paris. When? In 72 hours. Can I put you on a plane and you go there and you figure it out? So after two, three, and these are real life examples. So after two, three years of these whirlwind phone calls of this hey, I understand you're the go-to girl and show business who can do these over-the-top events, a light bulb went off and I was like, this is a business and I need to make it real and I need to, you know, be serious about it. And now we're approaching seven years. Seven years later, we have a um, full-fledged business, full-fledged employees, staff, beautiful office, health, insurance, workers' comp, things that I knew nothing about. Dr. Story, please write a book about that. Yeah. I knew nothing about what I was what <laughs> I was doing. I knew that I innately could do events. I knew that working in show business and working with talent came natural to me. I knew how to lead a team. I knew how to be confident and own the room. But as far as like what it takes to actually be a CEO and the operations and the finance of the business, I didn't know, and I was learning by mistakes and learning and growing as I was, as the business was growing. So every mistake I made has actually been in my favor because you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So you have to go through these things and experience this so that you don't make the same mistake twice. So that's my story as far as how I got, how I got started. And with COVID, we actually were entering our biggest season for spring. Right after red carpet season, spring is our heaviest season. So we were in the middle of South by Southwest, Coachella, and some other big um, capstone events. And they all got canceled within a week. So in a week's time, we lost probably close to $800,000 in revenue just for us, for the company. And for a small business, that is a substantial loss. Like, you know, like... Amazon could take a hit for $800,000. Coca-Cola, you know, right. Ruth Chris, all these stores, they can they can take a hit for us, but it completely um, would have paralyzed our um, longevity in the, in the business. So I had to quickly make some very tough decisions um, as a boss to make sure once we get past COVID that there actually is a home and an office and a business for my team to return to. So that's the that's where I am right now with How old were you when you decided to leave your full time job with Mr. Combs? I was thirty years old and let me tell you Dr. Stories, I was having a a midlife crisis. Can you imagine at thirty you know nothing? But I was like, I'm thirty, there's something more for me. This is the world, hear me roar. So I thought that it was thirty and then like I'm time for it was time for a change. I was a baby then. I knew I knew nothing in in, in hindsight. <laughs> right, right, right. We do have a but book by we do have a deep free supplement for entrepreneurs, which is the uh, which is the entrepreneurial version of the book you have, deep free for young adults. Um, so so as you as you evolved into your business, 
who gave you some advice? I mean, who who could you trust to help you navigate some of the um, challenges that you had in, as a startup? Absolutely. Um, one, my father was a business owner. My dad worked in the automobile industry, and for all of my life, my father owned car dealerships. So Great. being around entrepreneurs and being around risk takers is all I knew. But it's so funny. As my business was growing and buddy, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So this amazing, sharp brain man who could like attack anything, he was fading away from me. Wow. And there were so many instances where I said, man, if my dad was the man that I knew growing up to be, I would be on top of the world. And I felt like I lost, I was losing a gym because he would have been my first line of defense for any questions. Um, I really leaned into um, my previous employer and for any young person that's leaving, whenever you leave a job or whenever you move on, it doesn't have to be under terrible circumstances or you left because you're upset and you're never going to talk to them again. I had a really strong relationship with Mr. Combs and the Combs Enterprises. So a lot of the people who were guiding me at that time were somehow affiliated with him or still work for him. My attorney... Uh, the person I used for my business manager used to be Puff's banker. The person that I went to for my HR needs when I had questions about taxes or I didn't know how to set up a business bank account, I really leaned into the leadership or some of the people that I had crossed paths with when I worked at Bad Boy. One thing Mr. Combs is a genius at is identifying talent and great talent. So I'm like, if this is the best of the best and I have these people on speed dial, like, I need to call these people. So they were really instrumental in the beginning of just helping me get my ducks in a row for being a business by myself. Yeah, that's great. You know, Tamika, we, we always talk to people in general, but young people in particular about relationships and being willing to mm-hmm. listen. You know, not all of us have parents who are great business people, but the key is to find someone who knows what you don't know and connect with yes. them so that you can learn what they have to teach. A lot, a lot of us don't don't want to learn from people who have been there already. And um, mm-hmm. that, I can see why you're so successful. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I can see it. Tamika, so, I can see why you brought her to us, too. <laughs> Listen, you, you, go, you go to the top. You go to the top and you think about... Um, you know, I think, you know, one of our big focuses from a D3 perspective, and we talk to our staff a lot about this, um, is just operating from a position of excellence. And I think, you know, one of the things that is not necessarily, one, is rarely taught, um, if anybody teaches it, but I just think having that, that focus on excellence is really important. Can you speak briefly to how that kind of played a part in how you manage your business and how you grew as a professional and then into an entrepreneur because I just think it's important for people to understand that when ex- I, I don't even give my opinion I'm gonna let you talk about it go ahead let's go Tell I can talk about excellence all day but I'm gonna keep it brief I grew up in a very strong household like I said my father was a really successful business owner he was in black enterprise and all these things so I grew up in a very strong household and they were very much rooted in the community and, and a power couple of, let's say, like the 80s and the 90s. So I grew up in a house that was educated all about black excellence. And then to be, um, then to go to an institution like Howard University, which is a 
melting pot of black excellence. No matter where you come from, if you're going to a Howard University, you are the best of the best in whatever your talent is. So to come and now you have this melting pot, melting pot and all this amazing, um, tough competition of people, young black students, scholars who want to win, it's the best, you know, some of the best formative years of your life. And then, you know, my transition of working with Mr. Combs, who is the king of black excellence, it's like, that's all I've ever been around my whole life. And that's all I ever know. I'm sure my employees would tell you that I'm a maniac. I'm always like, y'all, if it's not excellent, if it's not tight, we cannot do it. So I have an unfair advantage as far as excellence because that's just been the world that I have been blessed to be in my whole life. But it's, it's really something that has to be taught. I've, I've met people and they have they don't understand it. It's so foreign to them. But to me, it really is like my left hand. Like it's all, all I know. And I hope that I'm a boss that projects that to the young women who work in my orbit. Well, yeah, I, I love it too. Uh, listen, Miss Roy, I have to I have to tell you that when we started in two thousand five, um, this whole concept of financial freedom as a focus. I mean, all of us are always concerned about money and concerned about our future. But for me, as a minister, it was never my priority. It was always an adjunct. And in two thousand five, I decided that I just could not spend the rest of my career watching people make good money but always be broke or always be broke when they could be making good money so we begin to focus we, we had the content which is now um growing daily as tamika described it we're doing supplements we've got content we're producing media products we we had a strategy because being an old civil rights person I understood, I understood the concept of building a movement strategically through partnerships. Um, what we lacked was a brand. And, you know, by 2005, whatever you did, it had to have a brand personality. Otherwise, all you have is content and strategy. And so after doing numerous focus groups, you know, I came up with this, this word, D-free, because we, what we realized was that people were, were willing to say, I'm trying to be D-free, who were not willing to say, I'm broke and, and drowning in debt. So we've been building mm -hmm. D-free as a brand, and the goal of the brand really is to impact the culture. We want to make it as popular to be rich and to be financially free yeah. as it is to be broke and be stealing cable from your neighbor. So... Could, if, or balling and not knowing where, how your money is coming in or how it's going out. It's just like hood yeah. like, you, you say it much better than I do. So so let <laughs> let me let me give you D free today. I'm just here. Colleen, here's a gift. You now own D free. Tell me the <laughs> tell me the three things you're gonna do to turn D free into not only a culturally relevant brand but a culturally, generationally impactful brand? Okay, three things. The first thing I would do is continue to do the work. Like, head down and do the work. Because I feel like when you have a dope brand, other dope people gravitate to it, and it's almost like it's word of mouth. So I would do what you're doing as far as, like, doing the work and being excellent because it's happening. It's bubbling, and, like, the word is getting out there. So 
you're doing the first thing already. The second thing I would do as the owner of Be Free, man, that's, this is a dope, this is a great question. The second thing I would do as the owner of Be Free is make sure that I have some strong lieutenant or a lieutenant with me. And I think that you have already done that because you have identified Tamika. Um, I think every boss needs a very strong right hand because if you're a big picture and they are details, then you guys can collaborate and make harmony together so that the work that you speak of and you dream of actually gets done and it gets executed. And then the third thing I would do as the owner of D-Free is I would make it a little sexy. I would make sure that my branding is on point. I would make sure that my branding is consistent. I would make sure that there is brand continuity amongst anything that we put out into the world. And that's where I would start with my three tips and my three top uh, deliverables as the owner of Free. Good. Now I'm going to call you next week and ask for four, five, and six. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate one, two, and three because... I I think your generation is more passionate about economics and finance than any previous generation. But to your previous Mm -hmm. point, I think your generation lacks the tools and therefore has aspirations without strategy. And Mm -hmm. I'm focused on the strategy. I'm giving it to Tamika for the distribution, and we could use your help in in the marketing and the branding and... um, we yeah. we we I need we need people like you to uh, to do what you do and allow us to come alongside of you and 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 provide you with content that you can make sexy. I'm too old for sex, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> con- jazzy. Y'all can say jazzy. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm cool with jazz. <laughs> uh, because together, you know, with with our experience in content and your reach and 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 personality, I think we, we can really, really make a difference. I would love that. Um, I got a bill, uh, maybe when I, when I first got my employees, I got a bill from the state of New York for roughly $3,000. This is when I knew that we needed to be educated as young black business owners. And I got this bill from like the Department of Finance. I'm freaking out. And the bill was for because I ran payroll before I had workers' comp. Right. And I, and I called the Small Business Administration and went off on them, and I said, how is anybody supposed to know that this is even right. a foul on the play for a business owner and to, for a small business to be assessed $3,000? That's a lot of money. Right. That's a lot of cash to just go out the window. And I said to them on the phone, I was like, you guys need to be educating small business owners instead of holding them liable for things like this. It's like, we just don't know that they exist. So to have a company like yours that's actually trying to educate and prepare people is completely priceless because it's like, I think that's what's going to get us over the hump of always being, always getting the short end of the stick is being educated and just knowing the information that is out there so we don't run into this exactly exactly well listen i I want to thank you i could talk to you for three hours a day i know (laughs) uh i I really appreciate it i really tamika thank you so much tamika thank you for (laughs) connecting i would never met her in life because she lives in a different world than i live in (laughs) 
I live in an old people's world. She lives in a young people's world. But thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been my honor. And thank you guys for asking me to be here. I really believe in what you guys are doing and a fan and however I can support and help raise awareness. Um, I, I totally want to be a part of that. So consider me a, an ally on this side. Well, we got you. We, 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 we recorded you, that, you. so... If you if you forget it, we got it on camera. <laughs> That's right, we got it. There it is. Yeah. Well, this guys has been another episode of Deep Freeze in the Black podcast with our amazing uh, guest, Miss Carlene Roy, CEO and founder of the Vanity Group. Uh, Carlene, where can people follow you um, to see what the Vanity Group is doing? See what you're doing as a boss. Let us know where people can discover the world of Carlene Roy. Right. Thank you. The the best easiest place would be this amazing platform called uh instagram so you guys can follow me on instagram at carlene roy k-a-r-l-e-e-n roy in the baby group at the baby group and you can see all of our whirlwind craziness dr stories we don't don't you go look at it because we don't want you to judge us now no no i'm not judgmental (laughs) (laughs) i'm going there right now no judging no judging But, you know, we, it's lit, it's fun, it's informative. We show the grit and the glam, and we hope to inspire young people by just being ourselves along the way. So, Great. That's that. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. This is In the Black, and we'll see you next time. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye, guys. All right. Have your traditional D-Free in-person classes been interrupted by COVID-19? Use our free online D-Free Academy to pick up where you left off and progress on your journey to financial freedom. Once you register for the D-Free Academy, skip to where you left off, or if you're new here, start from step one. Get started today at mydfree.org.